1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
0: Welcome in to The Scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world, part of the Inside Carolina podcast network. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, the best and most local place for all your UNC apparel and gear needs. I'm your host, Ross Martin, and as always on The Scoop, I'm joined by Don, Donnie Scoops Callahan, and today we have a very special guest. Joining us again is Brian Doan
1: of 24-7 Sports. What's up, guys? Hey, how are you guys doing? I am awesome. And what the uh, viewers listeners don't realize is that we had a pretty funny encounter where and Ross doesn't even know it was funny because on the screen, you were just like paused, but it wasn't no blur whatsoever. So it looked like there was like a cardboard cutout that we were talking to. And it looked like at any moment you could talk. So, uh, yeah, Ross had some um, internet problems that hopefully we have. It, it seems like we've kind of fixed those things.
2: Yeah, my, my big issue with it, Ross, is not only did I have to get up early to tape this, I got to look at Don with a gritty picture in the background, wearing that flyer shirt, and it just made me feel <laughs> ill. And I, now I'm just imagining that Don is gritty, and that's what he does when he's off. He just walks around in that mascot outfit. For,
1: for those who are... It's the best mascot in all of sports, and it's only been around for a couple of years. It's the best mascot
0: you have on your wall. <laughs> all right. Before people uh, log off because of this conversation, uh, for those listening on audio, you can also catch us on YouTube. We're recording on Zoom now, so you get us on YouTube, on audio, wherever you get your podcast. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Inside Carolina podcast. Give us a five-star rating, a quick review about what you liked about this podcast, or any of Inside Carolina's podcasts, and then subscribe to the podcast. Every time a new one drops, automatically shows up in your feed. All right, let's get right into it, guys. Uh, we brought, brought on Brian Doan, who covers the Mid-Atlantic and some of the Northeast for 24-7 Sports the a national recruiting analyst, because um, there's a lot of things in his area we need to get into. Last week, we took off... We had the uh, Tony Grimes commitment for UNC. We took a week off, and now we're back to talk about Tony Grimes reclassifying. So that'll be at the top of the show. Then we're going to get into what happened with George Wilson, the four-star defensive end from the Virginia Beach area, who committed to South Carolina on Sunday. And then we're going to get into Logan Taylor, who's making a commitment decision this Friday. All those guys were UNC targets. Obviously, Grimes has committed to the Tar Heels. The other two um, – Obviously, Wilson's committed to the Gamecocks, and Logan Taylor is going to make a decision which we believe will not be UNC. But we'll get into all that. Sound good, guys? Perfect for me. I'm excited. Don, and we're also going to close with a little talk on Don's new passion for the sport of soccer. And that's another reason why Brian is on. Brian apparently got Don in on the sport during this time of uh, quarantine. And then we're going to talk a little little about our um, our Don and, and myself's vacations uh, we took last week all right we Anything took, in go ahead
1: yeah we took vacations the same week but we went to separate all, right. all right
0: so everything good there let's get right into it with tony grimes uh this news broke while i was gone but we had always kind of heard some rumors of tony grimes reclassifying um where we start brian you want to start with us about tony grimes reclassifying to the class of 20 20- 20 and apparently going to arrive on campus in August sometime, begin classes if they exist, and take part in the 2020 season for UNC if that exists.
2: Yeah, I think it's something, like you said, it's been going on for a while. I remember speaking with his dad last fall about, you know, how far advanced Tony was with his academics. And, you know, as this pandemic started and visits got shut down, his dad kind of wanted to keep it quiet but would let us know myself and Steve Wilfong with 24 seven sports. Hey, this is a possibility. He only needs one class It's a summer class that he can take online. And that's what he's going to do. And it makes sense because a, I don't know anybody in the country who just steadfastly believes there's going to be a full high school season. I know up here in Jersey, it's going to be at best a five week regular season already. They're saying, and so, without that possibility, he's already a kid that was going to enroll in December if he stayed in high school. So even if your college season is shortened or your college season is moved to the spring or whatever happens there, he now can start working toward that degree. And when you're a five-star kid, you're not thinking I'm going to be there for five years. The mentality is usually three and out or four and out, three and out, enrolling now allows him to work toward his degree. And if he's in there for four years, Tony's really smart kid, really does a good job academically, obviously. You're there four years, you get your master's degree and he's already 18, he's physically ready to play. It makes a lot of sense. And if you're North Carolina, if you have spots, if you don't have spots, When Tony Grimes says, hey, I want to come in early, it's not like you're going to sit there and go, well, it kind of upsets our balance of scholarships. And we don't know if we have room. So, I mean, it makes sense on every level.
0: Yeah, from my perspective, um, obviously the academic stuff makes sense. You know, it's a different world with coronavirus. Like, there's so many questions. And does he want to hang around high school and Virginia Beach for another fall and maybe not have a season? Or does he want to get to UNC – Strength conditioning, nutrition. Start working with the coaches. Start getting better. Going against better competition. It's a no-brainer from his side. Um, and obviously, whether I don't. I mean, if they have a season, does he play? Does he redshirt? Does he play the four games? Those are all the questions that we don't right. know yet. Um, but obviously, this guy is very, very good. Five-star talent, number seven overall in twenty-four-seven Sports Composite. Six foot, one hundred eighty pounds. Committed to UNC two weeks ago, um, and definitely one of the best recruits UNC has ever had. Yeah, and Ross.
2: Ross, if you look at it real quick, not, sorry to cut you off, but you know the decision to go in is based on you know Tony Grimes's dad, Deion Glover, is he's an assistant coach at Princess Anne, and he's really tied in to the state athletic situation, you know, with with high school sports, and so he's not making this move if you think there's going to be a season in Virginia or a full season in Virginia, and I think that's one thing you really have to look at is his dad is really tied in, it also suggests what the season could look like high school-wise in Virginia.
0: Yeah, there's so many questions. This is the first time Don hasn't really gotten much uh, words in here at the top of the show. The star of the show, Don Dynas who's Callahan, getting his shine taken away by the Donemaster. Um, <laughs> Don, your thoughts? And if, you know, add on to what we said, but what are you hearing about is this definitely happening or what has to happen to make sure it does occur for Grimes to enroll early at UNC?
1: Well, I mean, obviously he has to take the class and the, I think the major potential hold up as always is UNC admissions, which, and I've been doing this a long time and I've seen a lot of different, um, just strange sort of hiccups that happen. Not saying that there's going to be in this situation, but there has, there have been in the past. And the problem with that, for a kid who's come, who may be coming out, let's say, in May and enrolling in August, you have all those months to kind of figure things out and, and work, work through them so it's not that big of a deal. Tony's working within a very small window to where he has to get the class done and everything else in a, a short amount of time. So hopefully, for UNC fans' sake, cross your fingers to make sure that, that there aren't any sort of hiccups between now and whenever classes start in August.
0: Yeah, and that has another element. Like, I mean, if he doesn't enroll early, then opens up. You know, who knows who else to come in and, and you know try to switch. Well, that's him.
1: that's the benefit from North Carolina's stance. Yeah, get him in. Yeah, because, I mean, he, even when he committed, there was always like all these rumors, not coming from Tony or his dad, but other people saying, "Oh, well, he's still going to take an official to Georgia, and he's still going to yeah. take an official to Ohio State, and all that." Him enrolling obviously just completely wipes that out you know, um, and any sort of concerns. Because, uh, you know, regardless of what happened with UNC season um, and all that, it's always going to be a, a, a worry in the back of your mind of this five-star that we we got to hold on to. And now it, it takes away that worry. Yeah, and
2: I'll you, just say, with, this is where I look at it, and you say the hiccups and everything. Mac Brown didn't come to North Carolina again to have a hiccup in getting a five-star kid <laughs> into his program. Yeah. no
1: i i agree i agree but unc admissions is you know
2: hey i covered ucla i understand about yeah. admissions issues mm-hmm. i don't even think they would screw it up
1: okay yeah
0: there's been i think there's been a couple changes that mac brown has uh, deployed and a lot of aspects of the program to just make it more of a big time football program and that's a whole other podcast mm-hmm. of, of things he's done and added in terms of recruiting but you know, maybe getting in a couple guys, but this doesn't necessarily doesn't have to involve Grimes because we know he is sharp when it comes to academics. Um, you know, for my to add on to what I said earlier, I mean, he comes in, all right. He's from high school. He's had to play his senior season. You know, what do you expect? Kind of happens when he, when he gets to UNC? Is this just a chance to get stronger, faster, better, play four games? If it's it, let's, let's say they have a, a season, play four games in redshirt, or is it a situation where he is playing? This is going to be his freshman year. Two more years, he's gone. How do you kind of see that breaking down? Let's go. Let's go, Don, and we'll go, Brian.
1: Yeah. So from his actual physical preparedness and all that, I mean, Grimes is is probably the most prepared um, kid coming out of high school from the cornerback position that, that I have personally ever seen. Um, and then you look at what Mac Brown, how he handled the freshman last year, and he wasn't afraid to burn red shirts. So I, I fully anticipate, at the very least. Tony Grimes is going to play a whole lot of football this season if we have a football season.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with Don, and I think he's a kid that can come in and play some nickel to really get used to it. He's a smart kid. He'll understand the schemes. You know, I, I know, Ross, before you mentioned nutrition and weight training. Look, if you've met Tony, yeah. you know you know, he's already into that stuff. Um, so That'll you know, that enhance it. it yeah, I mean, it, you know, he's he's got, um, you know, Minimal body fat. Uh, I mean, he, he's he's jacked up for a corner. He's loose. His drills are outstanding. He puts in a ton of work. His dad works with him a lot um, just in terms of footwork drills and everything. To me, the, as long as Grimes can – understand the system what his responsibilities and assignments are he'll get on the field and you know you can't make the determination of whether he's going to redshirt play four games or not until you know a where he fits in the rotation b do they have injuries and c does he understand everything and then you know he's like i said before he's a five star kid these kids aren't expected to hang for 5 years and so if you're playing for five games, if, to, if you had a full season, you burn his red shirt. Well, who cares? Because he's supposed to be gone in another two or three years anyway. Yep. Don, would you say you have minimal body fat?
1: I would say I have maximum body fat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Um,
1: so, hey, Ross, you, you know better than the three of us, UNC's secondary as far as like what, what they have already. I know that there was a lot of uh, transfers last offseason that are now going to be eligible to play. What, what's what's kind of the the openings looking like in the secondary look
0: at don doing a little hosting a little segue a little set me up there. i gotta I like do it. a little
1: bit of everything you know what i mean i got a <laughs> ross who's freezing every five minutes yeah you know.
0: pray for the internet hopefully it keeps working um all right so you got patrice renee who's come back from an injury obviously i think brian you probably know him from episcopal high school yep. um patrice renee is the senior fifth year senior and then uh, behind him, or not behind him, but alongside him, Trey Morris and the Storm Duck are probably your, or you're looking at your starters on day one of training camp. And then Kyler McMichael, the Clemson transfer, is eligible this season after sitting out last year. And Bryce Watts from Virginia Tech, two ACC transfers are both eligible. Um, you know, who knows the reason they transferred. You always say that, but we've heard good things about both know mcmichael was a top 100 player i think and and watts apparently is is super fast so those are the five players you're looking at storm duck patrice renee um trey morrison uh bryce watts and kyle mcmichael and then you have um, a couple like ob aguna and some other people like that i think that is it and so you add in tony grimes and that's a very deep a very long and a very experienced secondary um or a very experienced group of corners. Those are all corners, as, uh, let me make that clear. Um, DeAndre Hollins is another name who played some last year as well. So last year they had tons of issues with depth. They had tons of injuries and, and had a lot of issues bringing in freshmen who played early and, and moving people around to different positions. Seems like with this year with Grimes, and there's not going to be any depth questions for the quarterbacks.
1: Good answer, Ross.
0: There you go. Uh, okay, so my only thought here is – and it kind of goes along with whether or not UNC has a season. Is like, all right, so he comes in, they don't play in 2020, and it's kind of any good player. It's like you miss a season of having a really good player. Like, Sam Howe, we don't have a 2020 season. UNC might not only have him for for two years on the field. It's kind of crazy to think about. That's that's one thought I have in my mind. But a coronavirus affects
2: anything, everything and anything.
1: Well, we could do an entire podcast about yeah. all of our concerns, worries, theories, and all that.
2: Oh, I bet you'll get a lot of likes and shares on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Good stuff, Eight guys. A- anything else on Grimes? I mean, big time five-star and rolling early if if everything happens, happens with uh, getting into UNC, and, and that should happen in August, I guess, when training camp starts, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a positive, I think, for everybody involved. You know, this gets finalized. Awesome.
0: All right. Now I want to talk to you about Johnny T-shirt. Before we talk about Johnny T-shirt, we're gonna you know tease the, the George Wilson conversation coming up, and Logan Taylor, two you know targets for UNC that didn't go the Tar Heels' way. A little you know hiccup in the tr- Mac train that's rolling down the highway. Um, George Wilson, Logan Taylor talk coming up soon with Brian and Don. But first, I want to talk to you about Johnny T-shirt. And johnnytshirt.com, your place for all your UNC apparel needs and all your gears. I felt my live read was getting a little stale. So I headed over to johnnytshirt.com to get some more ideas to help you know inform you of what's going on over there at that local company on Franklin Street and online. Right now, they're having a holiday sale. Holiday sale? Ross, what's that mean? All holiday merchandise is 25 to 50% off through the month of July. So that's all your Christmas gear, all your stuff for the different holidays. Get that now at Johnny T-shirt. They have Return of the Mac T-shirts. They have Carolina blue masks for, our, for this uh, COVID-19 situation we're dealing with. You can get two masks for 999. You can pick up the Football in the Forest book by Lee Pace from Johnny T-shirt. So if you're going to get that book, order it from JohnnyT-shirt.com. Football in the Forest, Lee Pace's book about Keown Stadium and UNC football. They have tons of stuff. Apparel, vintage T-shirts, koozies. Tailgate Essentials, UNC Wine Glasses, UNC Flags, Coolers, Bags, Ties, Watches, Golf Balls, anything you want. Tons of jerseys for all the sports, baseball, football, basketball, t-shirts, crew neck sweatshirts, half zips, everything you need for UNC. Massive website. Head over to Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Support local businesses during this strange time when a lot of the local companies are struggling economically. All right, guys. Back to the podcast. How is that live read?
2: It was very good. I was. In, I'm. I'm. Listen. I'm going on vacation soon. I'll be heading down in that area. I may stop by and get some gear. To be honest, sounded good.
0: Yeah, tons of great stuff. Get you. Uh, get you a little a couple koozies. If we're going to drink some cold ones on the beach down here in North Carolina. Where are you mm-hmm. heading, Brian? Uh, we're
2: getting into uh, the lower portion of South Carolina.
0: There you go. Everyone's, everyone's like real sketchy when Terry was <laughs> telling them <laughs> themselves where they're going because. That's where the flare ups are with coronavirus. Yeah,
2: we're, we're kinda going to, no, an we're area. Go, we're going to a we're going to a very secluded place. So you, I'm going to Kiowa? concerned. Uh, we go
1: closer <laughs> to Pauli's
2: Island. We'll okay. leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. We won't give hey, it Hey,
1: I think for your live read, when you ask yourself a question, you need to like change your voice, maybe like a feminine voice. What do you think?
2: I don't uh, – yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> when you said mask, Ross, I thought of Don wearing like a Batman mask, and I thought that <laughs> would be good for the next podcast, just like a whole mask like that.
1: The whole podcast wearing a Batman mask? or yeah. But it has to be Carolina Blue. Okay. There you go.
0: There you go. All right. We are going to dive into George Wilson here. Um, Four-star, what, top 350 uh, defense – or player – in the uh, 2021 class. Last podcast, we got some hints that, that Brian was going to switch his crystal ball to UNC. He did. I think some other people did too. So this was kind of a, a situation happens occasionally where everyone thinks he's going one way, and, and Wilson um, ended up coming to South Carolina. Sorry to call you out there, Brian. <laughs> but let's go right to you, Brian. What happened with George Wilson? Uh, all the signs pointed to Carolina, and then he goes to South Carolina and that's where he's committed right now.
2: Yeah, I, I, what happened was when I put the crystal ball pick in, he, you know, all the intel we got from people very very close to him was he was heading to North Carolina and at the day I put it in, if he was going to announce it was going to be for North Carolina. There's there's no doubt about that. So what happened, South Carolina really started hitting heavy on hey look we've been on you for a long time you know this that you've known these guys for a while especially assistant coaches recruiting him for South Carolina you've known them since the fall we offered you in November we were one of your first offers one of your first power fives and they really started going that route then they got you know to the family and said hey this is what's been going on we've been with you for this long this is how we'll use you we don't have anybody really in the program like you we'll use you as a hybrid kind of outside linebacker d end and they just you know they did a great job of reminding george wilson why he liked south carolina so much in the process and i I checked in with one of his coaches um before I flipped my pick over to South Carolina and I said, yo, I'm, I'm here in South Carolina a lot. And his response was, remember what I told you back in the spring when everybody was thinking Penn State and North Carolina, don't sleep on South Carolina. And it was because of the relationship that the staff had built with George's family. Now the flip side is, and and I think you can do this with a lot of prospects. George has not been to South Carolina and I think some kids meaning a lot he has not visited no he told me he has not been to campus there and so which I mean it happens a lot now right what what are your options you get squeezed these kids I mean you're George Wilson you have four schools as finalists which means 10 coaches a day are texting you three or four times a day you're getting hundreds of texts a day just it's too much these coaches have nothing to do but recruit and for these kids it's getting to be too much you end the process you commit, and I think, you know, 95% will stick to where they're committed to, but you always have the the outliers who will go somewhere else. And if visits do open up in the fall, I mean, him and along with probably six zillion others will wind up I, – I could see them making visits. I, I'm not saying he will, and, if you know, the South Carolina folks that are going to get wind of this and jump on – may get nervous and all that stuff but I mean that's just the life right now if visits open up and you're talking about kids who didn't make visits and who didn't didn't get to campuses I I could see that happening I don't you know that's why when Don mentioned Tony Grimes enrolling is so important he couldn't make visits either so all these kids that want to go through the process I mean look if I tell you right now you can go on a trip it's paid for for 48 hours. They tell you how great you are and you do anything you want food wise and everything. You'd be like, okay, sign me up. So I think if it does loosen up, I'm going to see a lot of kids making visits. The lesson here, Don is don't sleep on the cocks.
1: (laughs) Is that a lesson you learned a long time ago?
0: (laughs) I think that's one that maybe you need to put into your brain hole. Uh, Don, your take here, you know, you had the boards thinking it was all UNC and then all of a sudden flip city.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So breaking the um, hearts of Tar Heel fans everywhere, Don. I know. I know the, the fan shock and it wasn't just because of what Brian reported, what what I reported, um, what was pretty, pretty surprising. I think that if something like this happened even last year, but definitely a, a few years ago, it wouldn't have been such a huge shock and, you're just kind of looking at not just this situation, but kind of looping it together with the Logan Taylor stuff. And then even going back to Zaire Patterson, um, it's a little bit of, you know, and UNC fans aren't going to like me for saying this, but kind of falling back down to earth for a little bit because, and I, I kind of fell for it too. The you know, Tar Heels, Mac Brown were having a really good spring and they were landing a lot of really good players, a lot of forks I mean the, the class is still ranked in the top top five right now um, so the class was was having a whole lot of success and I think the shock is kind of in relation to just how well North Carolina is doing now as far as you know the what and the why I mean I, I'm in the same ballpark as, as Brian with you know our sources telling us one thing um, the thing that I go back to is that is that George himself has never, at least from, from what I know, has never said UNC or whoever is my leader. Um, it was always all the people around him and, and people making assumptions. Okay, well, Tony Grimes is going there and he's from the same town and, and Dre Bly is recruiting him now and, and he's a, a tie legend. Uh, but I do think that you, know, you kind of have to tip your hat a little bit to South Carolina. They did you know, the main job of a recruiter because every school, no matter what school that you are working for, you have negatives. And you obviously have positives too, and the key for a recruiter is to accentuate the positives and to weaken or lessen the negatives, at least in the mind of the of the the recruit. And that's what South Carolina was able to do. They were able to say, okay, find out that obviously, you know, depth chart was important, and they really piled it on on North Carolina, and they kind of you know exaggerated certain things about North Carolina's depth chart, and really kind of made the South Carolina depth chart look more appealing and that was key and I think the you know having such a strong relationship with uh, George because it recruited him so long as Brian alluded to really allowed them to to really kind of to tee off on, on that
0: yeah I mean I think you touched on a lot of this in your weekly scoop and you went through some of it there but you know Desmond Evans coming in you know there's a lot of people in his position I guess ahead of him so they they keyed it on that and uh, selling playing time for a, for a team that maybe has more more openings at the defensive and outside linebacker, but you're also going to a what a four and four and eight team, yeah. Co- Coach on the hot seat too, so a lot could happen between now and signing day.
2: George, Wilson. Mean, when, when you, you talk about four and eight and all the weaknesses and and that stuff, and you know, I, I always listen to to it's what Don said. Your job as a recruiter is to accentuate the positive, and four and eight is one. I mean there's a reason why Boise state does well and, and why TCU can make runs and everything. you if you have a good recruiter, the player and the parents believe in that recruiter and it overshadows everything. If you're four and eight, you're saying, Hey, we need guys like you. And then mm-hmm. we're going to compete for the sec title and how persuasive are you, how well they can sell that and how well they can develop you. Those are the things that matter.
0: There you have it. George Wilson commits to South Carolina. Um, you got to think this recruitment's not over. He hasn't visited South Carolina. There's a lot of time left. Is he an early enrollee uh, option? Uh, they're,
2: they're exploring it.
0: Yeah. Don's done a lot of exploration in his life as well. Um, okay. Let's get right into Logan Taylor. Uh, kind of a weird recruitment. Uh, big time, 6'8. Offensive tackle hasn't played a lot of football. Goes to Pisco High School up there in Northern Virginia. He's from Canada. I don't think he's visited many places. He's announcing Friday. Uh, UNC's really wanted him all along. We've talked about him a lot on the podcast. And so, what's going on now? We'll go with Brian. Brian's kind of the star of this show.
1: <laughs> he is. Kind of
0: taking a back seat. Back back seat here.
1: I'm, uh, he's Batman. I'm Robin.
0: <laughs> you're still
2: wearing the mask. You're, you're the um. ping, Don. You're the Penguin. You know, Logan Taylor is interesting. He hasn't visited a lot of places. I mean, he's visited one, Virginia, with his coach early in the season last fall. He's from Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is where he's at right now. Played one season at Episcopal. Um, The finalists are Virginia, North Carolina, Florida. I put in my crystal ball for Virginia, full disclosure. I expect that's where he'll go on Friday. As we've just talked about, there can be surprises and changes in this stuff. I don't anticipate it right now, but he's only been to Virginia. His parents haven't visited anywhere. They are supposed to go all spring and check out a bunch of schools because the kid has 20-plus offers. Obviously, you can't do that. He's up in Canada. There's questions on whether he can get back into the States if they have a season in Virginia or when he can get back into the States, what they're going to do with their classes at Episcopal. There's a lot of uncertainties in this one. and just like with George Wilson, who didn't make a lot of visits and needs to see some campuses. I would anticipate Logan Taylor, once he gets back into the States, I can see him visiting some places. And look, academics are huge to him. Um, he's at Episcopal, you don't, you don't go to Episcopal so you can take basket weaving. And so that's why you have Virginia, um, North Carolina, and Florida, all, all three really good academic schools. And then, you know, on the fun side, this is a kid that doesn't have a lot of experience as an offensive tackle. He spent his time when he played in Halifax, which is some great tape on huddle to watch. Um, not only was he a defensive end, but he was a punter. So at six seven, six eight, he's back there. And he was, I mean, he had a live foot. I mean, you could see him playing rugby and stuff or Australian rules football kind of deal. And big, strong kid and does a lot of things. Um, huge huge room for growth I, I just look at he's you know if he if he announced it for uba friday fine and let's see where it goes from there what's uh canadian football look like at the high school level um well it's probably a lot like if myself don and you grabbed like eight of our friends and played <laughs> i In mean no it's In tough the
1: yeah okay. the one thing i'll just add to this is it kind of feels like it was kind of a uh, from Logan and and maybe because I know him a little bit better than, than what, what subscribers do. And Brian, you too. Um, It feels like a little bit of a effort sort of thing. I'm just tired of this recruiting process. I'm tired of the coaches bothering me. I'm tired of all this because, because really he has hardly any information because he only made one visit. It was a very, very brief visit. It was a game visit. And so, you know, it just was kind of like, all right, let me just make a commitment just to get these coaches off my back and just kind of see what happens from there.
2: Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying there. Um, He's at Episcopal. The coach, Mark Morose is a great guy there. He's not going to let his kid just be like, Hey, I'm picking. I mean, he's going to make sure that there's some, you know, the pros and the cons and and that it fits his personality. So there's that aspect of it, but it's like a lot of kids who haven't visited. There's uncertainty. You don't know what's going on. Hey, join our class we're running out of room so you know there's a lot of different reasons or you know what maybe just maybe UVA's coaching staff did an unbelievable job because he knows them well from actually going there and you know can relate to them because he remembers the face to face discussions that they had and you know he's just comfortable there and it fits everything like if you would have told me here's Logan Taylor these are the schools he's looking at at the beginning of his recruitment. I probably could have picked two of the three on the list just based on high academics and what he's looking for in a college.
1: Well, the other thing I think that, that gets ignored here is Virginia's location. Now I get it. he Location for him doesn't matter, but in this situation, he can at least look at it and be like, all right, well that is not that far away from where I went to high school. I at least have an idea of, you know, I know Virginia's not really in northern Virginia, but he has a general idea of that and he and he's gonna have some sort of friends, um, in that general sort of area. Yeah. yeah I mean, Virginia
0: I mean, look at it. Virginia's a great school. I mean, I wanted, oh, yeah. I wanted to go there. I mean that's a, it's a beautiful campus. It's uh great education, one of the top five public schools, and they got a football team that's proven they can win now with Bronco Minhall. Great program, great guy. I mean I'm no this is a no brainer in terms of the I mean, it's not like a crazy thing he's going there, but recruitment's not over, um, and we'll see what happens as the global pandemic continues. And there's question marks around everything in terms of recruiting in college football. All right, Logan Taylor, anything else, guys? Wasn't he a crab fisherman
2: or something like that? Scal- well, he he his coach t- scallops, His coach told me that he would spend his summers hauling eighty pound bushes of scal bushels of scallops. To which my response was, "Hey, I could do that too. It's just when I delivered them, there will be about forty pounds in there." <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, what a, what a lifestyle is actually up. I mean, Nova Scotia is above Maine, right. Or like kind of close to where Maine is. It's really far to the right. <laughs> okay. So it's out there in the Atlantic. Yes. Um, it, it's,
2: it, to, to give an idea, if you were to drive from where he lives to a school like Boston college, you kind of have to go around the water and it's, it's, it's about a 10 hour drive. Yeah. It's way up there. It's colder
0: shit up there in the, uh, in the winter. I mean, Maine – apparently I was up in Maine last week, full disclosure. I mean, there's snow on the ground six months out of the year. It's freezing up there. Um, <laughs> it wasn't freezing this last week. All right, guys. I think that's the football talk right there. That's uh, the American football talk. Ooh, good headway, uh, Ross. Um, all right, so we got hey, Tony Grimes.
1: Headway or segue? Segue,
0: sorry. I'll edit that out. Wink, wink. What, um,
1: what is on your mind?
0: Well, we got – so we got Tony Grimes reclassifying. We got George Willis in Intel and Scoop on his decision and Logan Taylor let's take a quick break and we come back we'll talk about Don and soccer and Brian Brian's influence on, on Don's new passion and then we're going to we're going to dive into our vacation week
2: Greetings, Fantasy
1: Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy.
0: If if I was Adam with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense.
1: And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that will elevate your roster to legendary status. Pukanuku. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now and together we'll conquer
2: the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.
0: And we're back on The Scoop presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. Wow. Great podcast here with Don Callahan and Brian Doan. All right, Don, you want to talk about this. You're getting into soccer. I guess these games are on live, the, the Premier League and then the European leagues. I don't know much about soccer. I played it all through um, my youth, but I, I only watched the World Cup, it seems. Let's get into it, Don. What's going on?
1: Yeah, so my – Prior to, uh, I guess, a couple months ago, my, not, my soccer knowledge was extremely limited to my kids playing soccer. So it um, wasn't too much. But like everybody else, I was getting sick and tired of not being able to watch any sort of live sports, live competition, and uh, decided to give it a go. And um, watching um, a couple of different leagues, Brian whether he likes it or not has become my soccer mentor, my, or my football mentor. And so, uh, you know, now when he calls me, he probably dreads the first couple of minutes because it's going to be a couple of questions on, on who, um, who I think, who he thinks is going to win a particular, uh, game or so. Um, Wait, but, uh, let's take ahead. a
0: step back. So what's, what, what's on TV right now? What are we watching? What's going
2: on, Brian? Well, first of all, anytime Don calls me, I dread the first few minutes. Okay, <laughs> let's let's make sure we understand that. So listen, the the great thing with soccer is, um, you know, with MLS started, they have some 9 a.m. games on the East Coast, which is great. Um, I'm, I, I mean, I love the sport. It's, it's the only sport I've read, never really covered, so I haven't, you know, it hasn't been ruined for me by covering oh, yeah. it. But I think one of the things that's cool is, it's always the stories inside of the, I mean, the game's a great game and it's exciting and I love it, but there's also the great stories inside of it. Like for those that don't know, first of all, if a manager of a team criticizes its players or says something bad about the other team, it's done. Okay. You say it, that's what he said. You move on. It doesn't list, you know, you don't have four days of talk about nonsense of what it it could really mean. But the best part for me is not only do you play your season, and if you don't do well, you go down a level, like kind of to the minors if you're in the top. Relegation. Yeah, relegation. And so, which is more exciting now because, as we all know, Liverpool has won the uh, Premier League in England. So, you know, for the first time in 30 years, my Reds are champs there. But aside from that, there's the in-season tournaments to where you have the best teams in Europe playing each other. in like a side tournament that can last the whole year. And so I I equate it to like in baseball, if during the the regular baseball season, I guess people still watch the sport, then you, okay, we're going to play the best teams from Mexico, Venezuela, the Caribbean, and you have your own tournament there with, you know, whether you're the Yankees, Dodgers, or whomever. And to me, there's so many things that go into it. it. It makes it so much fun And I know people are like, well, there's got to be more goals. There's got to be more goals. Yeah, uh, whatever. I mean, (laughs) you know, I I grew up watching Giants football, so I love defense, right? But the other part is there's just – to watch guys that can, you know, kick the ball 60 yards in the air right onto like a dime onto another guy's foot on the other side of the field is unbelievable. And there are just so many – so many – aspects of it where it's just a flowing game and so i'm trying to educate don on all this and look the inside carolina people know don you know what a you know huge task that is for me to educate him
0: yeah so don w- what's going on what are you watching I, I mean we gotta get more into basics here like what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. What, So what's so basi- going on here yeah w- so
1: basically as you know i like to i'm not a huge huge gambler but i like to throw some 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 bones um and it's gr- soccer is great for me because the games are being played during the day when i'm working so i can work and throw a game on or throw a couple of games on in the man tower um i watch the premier league i also watch um the the spanish league uh, la liga, la, la, liga Don, la liga la liga and la
2: then liga. bundes league with germany Bundesliga. Y- yeah so and, all and, these um, are going all these are going on right now yeah. Well, Bundesliga so, is over. Bundesliga ended a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, and and then the Italian league, which is Serie A, right? On your it's, big it, It's actually
2: Don. I love that you just said that. It's actually Serie A, but Serie A. Okay. okay. That's okay. So that, what, that that just makes it better.
1: So what usually happens around twelve o'clock, from twelve o'clock until dinner time for me, there is like three games on at all at, at all times. So that's, that's okay what I so wait, watch.
0: That's nighttime over in Europe, I imagine, right? Yes. It, yeah. is. it okay. is. And,
2: and so, so what, they'll do, what they'll do is in England or, or, or Spain, they'll start the games about 1 p.m. here. And then usually, especially with COVID and how they're trying to catch up on the schedule, there's usually a game or two a day. And La Liga, which is Spain, will end at about 6 o'clock East Coast time. And now with yeah. MLS, you have that at 8 o'clock. So it's all day.
1: Yeah, so for me, it's perfect because – that's when I'm doing my work. I can have it on the background, do my work and it's done and over with. I eat dinner and it doesn't affect, you know, my, 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 what my my kids or my wife or anything like that. I do. You talked about All right. So I don't, I don't have any issue with the lack of goals, but I do have a couple of issues with things.
0: I have never had any issues with scoring.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, penalty kicks. I just, my thing is it's so hard to score in soccer. And then you have a penalty kick, which is like, I think I was reading, it's like something like 76% of time it goes in. And some of the times where you get a pen, you're awarded a penalty kick, it's for something that, you know, a guy accidentally trips you in the box. And, you know, and so to me, it's, I, I would, obviously no one wants to know what a dumb American thinks, but I would love for them to at least move that spot back a couple feet to give the goaltender somewhere whatever a chance. But I honestly feel, and Ross is going to laugh, that if you put me out there, and Brian's probably going to laugh too, <laughs> I think I, I could score a good amount on a Premier League goalie just because it's, half of it is just a guessing game.
2: Yeah, Don, I, I, I mean – no. <laughs> no? I mean, you, you, don't you, think you, so. you, you do know these goalies study tendencies, and if they you open know up your tendencies. hip, you can see it. Like, I'll give you an example. The other night, the LA Galaxy played. Chicharito, who's one of the top players in Mexico, now played in Europe for a long time, now plays for the Galaxy, got a penalty stop. Why? Because he telegraphed where he was going with it, so the goalie knew where to dive before – the ball was shot. I mean, you know, yeah, there's a lot of guessing and it looks like that because these are, you know, the guys who take penalties are the best players on the team and the best scorers. So Well, that's the other thing too.
1: So like in hockey, if you get a penalty shot, it's because you were tripped up. So they don't get to say, okay, well, if you know, this crappy player gets, gets pulled down, then we're going to put in, you know, um, Sidney Crosby is going to do it but in soccer you choose your best guy to do it every single time like I think it would make it a little bit more fair if you can you know I, I guess the thing is this Don
2: mm-hmm. don't commit a foul in the 18 yard box
1: yeah, yeah well I get
2: that I get and, that and you can say well he did it on accident well I mean if there's a pass interference call down the field 60 yards and the DB tripped and hap- actually fell into another player and cut uh, pass interference the ref's not like. Well, it was an accident, let's not call it. No, I know, but I mean, no.
1: a pass interference penalty is not, I mean, a, one goal in soccer can, can really determine the outcome. A pass interfe- interference penalty, some of them, yes, some of them have, but most of them don't. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's yeah
2: that, but that's not, I mean, yeah, it can, it can change it, but it changed it in such a big way that it puts a premium on being disciplined in the box and to be honest if it's such a huge issue you would be thinking that there's going to be three or four a game it's not like that there's one maybe every three or four games kind of deal it's not like it's going on every two seconds and it's just like so anyway yeah I'm gonna wrap I'm gonna wrap that that discussion (laughs) up um
0: okay quickly Don what are your teams
1: I, don't I know really you. Know. I
0: know you gamble, but you gotta have some allegiances starting up.
1: I, I do not. I mean, I, I like a little bit that the Atalanta. I like them. The uh, I'm gonna pronounce all these name names right now. Wait, wait. Tell me I'm,
0: the league. Tell me the league and the team.
1: Atalanta's in that Serie A.
0: Where is that? Where is that, Brian? In, it. <laughs> go ahead, it, Don. <laughs> it's in Italy. Italy. Good. Well done, yeah. Don. <laughs> is that yeah. the per, Is that the top league in Italy? It is. Okay. It is. Go, um, Don, go ahead, Don. I,
1: I also like. Um, Was it Sav Savella? in Sevilla Sevilla yeah. I've been oh, there
2: I've been there Don Don okay. you, you had Spanish in high school
1: no I took French I couldn't but, tell but by Sevilla <laughs> but that wouldn't help me any but uh yeah and so other they're, in that, La,
2: Le- they're in La Liga Sevilla. Right? yes
1: yeah okay. what's your um, Premier League team and I don't I don't
2: think hey I have Don any... let me help the you premier, out if, so you th- don't, if you don't give the correct answer there <laughs> here don't worry about calling me for more advice
1: well, so Liverpool, that's that's the problem. All the Premier League teams have failed me. I'm like, all right, come on, get me something. And so that's the other thing. And So you hate a team like Liverpool, who completely crapped the bed against um,
2: Man City City
1: a a couple weeks ago for me, you know. Yeah, but that
2: just showed your lack of knowledge of how to play it. You're coming off a team that just won the championship playing against the second best team by far in the league in that team's building.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. the best,
2: the best quote was from the coach of the team of man city afterward. He said, it looked like the Liverpool players had a lot of beer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you're I, in hindsight, right. that was a bad pick by my, but it's still kind of stung and, and, and have it left a bad taste in my mouth. About Another question,
0: Don, what's your, what do you, how much do you gambling? How's how's the gambling work in, uh, in soccer?
1: So it's, it's, um, this is I off mean, the record.
0: I'm going to stop the recording. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it obviously is uh you know obviously you can pick the choose the winner or draw you know between the two teams in the draw or and they do have a uh, goal lines which are usually one and a half or, or actually a half or one and a half um okay. and, and two and a half because draws are are, are so um prevalent um and you got obviously the over under there's things you know i mean there's there's just about everything i mean so like you know, are
0: the teams like is it favored, like, plus whatever, plus 150 type deal, minus 220 type Yeah, deal? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's the, well, that's the money line. I mean, they, no, no, no. they obviously do, the, um, they do it the, the European way, which is decimals, it, 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 which converts to the money line. But, okay, yeah. yeah.
0: That's always confusing to me. I mean, spreads are about all I know. Uh, all right, Brian, what's your team? What are your teams?
1: Uh, I love Liverpool, big-time
2: Liverpool. Why are you a Liverpool fan? you know it just kind of watching them they would be on tv a lot and always love hearing why americans pick yeah i mean it's just they were on tv and so you had access to them so you watched them they have an unbelievable atmosphere at games and so it just all you know kind of pushes into it i love the la galaxy because lived in la for a long time when landon donovan got there and it was, it was fun to watch, and then getting to go see guys like Beckham play was, was really cool. And then I, I think you know, the U.S. men's national team, which, by the way, I would be in favor of a new manager. Uh, I absolutely love the U.S. men's national team. They are – I would have to say when I look at all my teams, they would probably be the top one.
0: I do get really into World Cup and, and that kind yeah. of stuff. Women's World Cup, I was into it, and, and definitely men's a couple summers ago. Well, no, no, the
2: men's – you weren't watching the men's national team a couple summers I, ago. I was
0: watching – nah, man, I'm an I'm a international guy, man. It's not all America for me, despite <laughs> the flag. I was – because the games were in the morning for that one.
1: Yeah. I remember, see, I remember that's
0: waking what, up and kind of t- throwing it on and just kind of watching it all day. It was kind of fun.
1: Yeah, I mean – and, well, and I, I've always liked World Cup, both men's and women's also. But, yeah, I mean, to me, that's the biggest selling point is that there's no other sports going on during that time and I could throw it on there and, and do some work.
0: I see a video coming, Don, with you and feel, and um and penalty kicks. We we film it, and I'll play goalie, and you'll okay. have you'll we have to you do this. ten kicks or whatever. And then also a one on one. I love a little one on one competition, just dribbling and see who can get past who. Okay. So, how
2: much does Inside Carolina pay, like when Don's on like medical leave for getting injured for doing this? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just his lungs will be injured <laughs> through activity um all right cool good soccer talk there or football talk um don you know john siegley of inside carolina is a big football guy what's his team Uh, i don't know (laughs) (laughs) he's really big uh but i know he's passionate about soccer all right guys anything else on this
1: no i mean i could talk about forever but i think i think we had enough
0: yeah we gotta wrap it up here okay we're gonna say bye to brian brian thanks so much for coming on it's your second appearance on the scoop this is a big one Back-to-back. Back-to-back, this was a big one with a lot of uh, good intel on, on your area and the, those kind of Tidewater Virginia players. We appreciate right. it, man. All right, thanks, Thanks, Ross.
2: Thanks, Gritty. All right. See
0: you, Brian. <laughs> Brian's logging off as we wait for him to leave. There he's gone. And uh, let's get right into it, Don. All right. Vacation time. Yeah. Um, let's get into it quickly here. Got about five to ten minutes left. Where'd you go? What'd you do? Let's get into your vacation. We'll get into mine and we'll wrap this sucker up.
1: My father-in-law lives in new Smyrna beach. And we went uh, down there to uh, spend about a week with him and also go on the beach and and that sort of thing.
0: What a a riveting description and tale you just told.
1: (laughs) Well, we did. I mean, he's, he's great because um, he gets out and does a whole lot of things. So I don't know exactly where we went, but we went to, um, blue springs was probably to me was the highlight of our trip um and, and you mentioned that you've got, you've done it before i think yeah i think i've
0: been there definitely with my family and i think i've been by myself or, or with a friend in the last 10 years but that's kind of inside the state it's not on the coast right
1: no so we drove like yeah. two hours to get to it and, and waited in a car line forever uh, and then when we yeah we well the crazy thing is is like you wait in the car line forever but then you get there there's hardly any people there which was great but, um, yeah, I mean, so, so for those who don't, aren't familiar with it, I wasn't up until recently. Um, and we couldn't see the actual spring, but supposedly there's a spring that comes out. It's really blue, really clear, really beautiful. Um, we didn't see the actual spring because the night before there was a storm that knocked in a bunch of trees that prevented you from, like, swimming over in there. But basically, the spring comes out to a river, which eventually goes to the ocean and yada yada. But um, there's a portion where you could swim at or everybody could swim at. And then they kind of have a portion where you can't, but you can kayak. And that's where they have like tons of huge, no fishing also, but tons of huge fish and alligator. And so there's actual pictures of me, um, on the kayak and you could see the fit, meaning huge, massive fish underneath me. And, um, seeing the alligator so close is pretty cool too. On uh, the one point it was me and my daughter were in separate kayaks and she was already freaking out by alligators. And I was like, look, don't freak out. But right over there, there's an alligator just, just paddle. So she paddled her way just, you know, just to make sure she was away from it. But it was so cool. Cause I, I ended up going back out later. Um, and I don't know if it's the same alligator or different ones or whatever, but getting, trying to get a little bit closer. It's the, the staffers said that 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 the, Alligators really don't mess with the human beings as long as you don't mess with them because there's plenty of food for them to eat.
0: You say fish. What kind of fish are we talking here?
1: They, God, they said- Just like big? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, they said alligator gar, G-A-R. Okay. A lot of you know, those and, and, and a bunch of different a then, lot of different fish. I and
0: mean, what I remember this area for, Blue Spring State Park, is the manatees.
1: Yes, okay. So, you, so we only saw one manatee. Um, and supposedly during the summer, they're out in the ocean, but it's during the winter is when they actually, there's a lot of them there. This is all what the staffers were explaining to us. So I only saw one that was early on. He was big and he was beautiful. And, uh, he quickly swam out to, I guess, wherever.
0: There's nothing quick about them. They just, they kind of just chill and eat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he got, he got out of there as soon as I guess the humans, cause we got there yeah. pretty early.
0: What a weird animal.
1: Yeah. Yeah okay so Um,
0: what else did you do in florida you drove down i'm I'm assuming
1: yeah we drove down um i mean really we just went to the beach um we went to a couple like little towns and um because you can't do a whole lot and and florida has become the epicenter and it was really bad when we went down there then epicenter for the for the coronavirus stuff so you have to be really really careful careful um so we did go to the beach a couple times and just kind of really just chilled out i mean it was you know Okay.
0: Paint a picture of what a beach day looks like for the Callahan family.
1: So, uh, and you in particular, (laughs) I'm not a beach guy at all. I hate it. I hate, I hate sand. I hate the sun. I hate the water. I hate all the. I hate getting, even when you rinse yourself off, you get in the car, you still have sand in your crack. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just awful. But, um, so my father-in-law has, you know, obviously he lives like walking distance from the beach. So he has it all down to a science. He has his truck. Um, all loaded up with chairs. We had a canopy thing. Um the cool thing is that the beach near him, you could you drive on it and you kinda of park behind where you're going, which is uh, awesome. Yeah. So we um I mean we really everybody has a
0: car there on the beach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and and it's just like um so you don't like that.
0: Well I know that makes it a lot easier for carrying all your stuff. And yeah. you know like you can keep the cooler in there and you can have you can bring tons of stuff which is yeah. nice. Kind of similar to car camping where you can't you cars right there by your tent. But damn, I mean the whole point of a beach is kind of getting away and, and having some room to you know, kind of getting away from a parking lot and having space to do stuff. You don't have all your trucks right there.
1: Yeah, but the thing was that that, you know, the the cars have to be parked in the back and then you have like the sand area where where it's basically like a street. And then you have where people are are um you kind of i guess camping or whatever with their stuff and then you get, you get your beach and it almost kind of gives you like a, a sliver of the beach which was nice where well, you don't have yeah, to worry yeah. about especially during now where you're trying to, to social distance and everything we talked a bunch about mine you you kind of took a little bit of adventure saw um a love interest perhaps <laughs> up in the
0: northeast um yeah i went up to maine uh it's a state up there above massachusetts
1: what was the temperature Weather, Dude, all
0: actually, of. I mean, well, on the coast, it was a little cold. It's foggy, but I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, I wore a sweatshirt at times. I mean, but it was beautiful when it got sunny. It was very warm. It wasn't that cold. I was mm-hmm. expecting it to be a lot colder, and was disappointed because. Uh, I mean, what we, are we
1: talking? Are we talking seventies?
0: Yeah, on the coast, seventies, eighties. Okay. And windy and foggy. So there's a lot of different temp- weather coming in, which of course changed it. But when the sun was out, it was hot. It was very, very hot. Um, so that was a little disappointing because I wouldn't, I would have minded it to be a little colder, but there's like always a chance of rain and thunderstorms and clouds and stuff. And then we went, so we did, you know, two days on the coast at Acadia national park, which is this big, beautiful national park on this Island off the coast of Maine, kind of up the coast a little bit. So you drive up through all these little towns, these main coastal beach towns um, stopping here and there. And we got to Acadia national park and, and we camped right outside there And, yeah, all day in the park, beautiful things. I posted some pictures on Twitter last night and on my Instagram. Um, I mean, awesome scenes. The coast is unbelievable. Mountains, waterfalls, um, beach stuff. Then we went into Baxter State Park, which is two and a half hours northwest in the middle of Maine, kind of up in Maine. That's where I thought it was going to be really cold or colder. And it was hotter because it was on the coast. It was by all these lakes, all these uh, glacier-made lakes. Hoping to see some moose and go to this uh, really awesome state park that has the uh, tallest mountain in Maine called uh, Mount uh, K- Katahdin, which is the end of the Appalachian Trail if you're going south to north. We didn't hike it. It's like a 10-hour hike. Ooh. Um, or like It's all day. You get there early, early, and hike like six hours up, six hours down, or something like that. But beautiful waterfalls, rivers, ponds, lakes, hikes, and stuff. We camped two days out there.
1: Gotcha. Sounds good. Did you enjoy it?
0: Yeah, it was good to get away. I mean, I completely detached. You know, I didn't open my. You know, had no internet. You know, camped mm. middle of the woods. I was crazy our own, cooking our own food, uh, camping underneath the stars. Um,
1: Do you enjoy the company you were with?
0: Yeah, it was great. Of course. Did- Funny story here. Ready? Uh oh. The Bush compound is in this town. Bush George Bush George H W Bush George uh-huh. H W Bush two presidents. 41, 43. One of those 43. two. 41, 43.
1: Is Trump forty-five? Yeah. Well, which one are you talking about? The younger one? Well,
0: one's 40, one's something, and one's another one.
1: Yeah. Well, w- well, which compound is it? I mean, it's a family compound, the
0: Bush compound. Oh, one of them's dead. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Which 43.
0: Okay. This is the Bush family compound. So Jeb Bush, George W. Bush, all the daughters, all the family, aunts, uncles. They have this peninsula on. Um, up the coast in this town called Kinneport, Maine, and you can just drive and you see it. And so it's this big little area, you know, similar to like a little island, but it's connected to the connected to the uh, coastline. You draw, you can really, literally, literally park and like see it all. They have tennis courts, tons of houses, compounds, access to water on both sides, boats. There are like four black suburban SUVs. Secret Service was there because you know how former presidents have yeah. Uh, a secret they service had the option, there. yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, they have very famous, very wealthy family. So we, it's called Walker's point. And so mm-hmm. we were, we knew we were going to stop there. This is the morning we pass it. And I'm like, okay, there it is. We turn around, come back and I pull into the driveway and there's this kiosk. <laughs> Did you get there's, tackled? There's this kiosk and a security gate and like cameras and like, you know, it's legit. I knew this is where it was. So I pull in and see security comes out or uh, secret service comes out and like, he was having none of it. He was like, what are you doing here? Who are you? Wow. What's your purpose here? Uh, wouldn't answer any questions. I, like, is, I was like, is this Walker's Point? I just saw it on maps. Walker's Point. He was like, what are you What are you doing? And I was like, I, I saw it on Google's Map. Went, went on Google's Map. wanted to just kind of pull in, check it out. He was like, why don't you just turn around here? I was like, yeah, cool. No <laughs> problem here. And so we pulled out and then drove back a little bit to where you can kind of see it. And we ate breakfast there. Gotcha. Wow. That's crazy. So. That was a cool part. Um, ate some lobster. Lobster roll. waited in line for an hour for a lobster roll uh, at this really famous place. And it's beautiful scenery, beautiful sunsets, sunrises, beautiful beaches, lakes, ponds, waterfalls, all that. And then drove back. Long, How long's long did the drive? Time. Well, from Maine to where I was staying, where we stayed in Connecticut was like – Six hours, I think, from mm. St- Baxter State Park, six or something hours. So that was long, and we spent the night in Connecticut, and I drove back to North Carolina, and that was eight and a half hours. Wow! But I stopped couple times. Oh, eight and
1: a, eight, eight and a half from Connecticut to. Are you sure?
0: Yeah, right by New York. Okay. Go right through Philly. Go right. I think through. it was a little
1: bit long because I know I do the Philly thing all the time. It's like seven and a half. But.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can do. You can Google Map it. I mean, of course, it took longer because there's traffic through New York. Yeah. There's traffic through DC, and you stop three or four. Well, seconds.
1: that's it. I've always learned is you got to plan your trip around DC because you know it's it's just a pain in the ass driving. Before and after. So. All right,
0: guys, that was good stuff. Hopefully, you took away a lot from this with Grimes, with George Wilson, with Logan Taylor, with the soccer talk, maybe more insight into to Don's family life as well. <laughs> Anything else, Don? We, uh, you know, we we may be on a uh, every other week schedule here
1: yeah as this um, class
0: slows down um don't foresee any any recruitments really escalating here anytime soon
1: yeah um i don't know we'll see is
0: that, is that accurate to say
1: yeah i mean it, it we just have to take a week by week to see what's going on but yeah i can't i don't envision anything i guess worthy of a podcast between now and next week but we'll see you never know yeah try
0: Bring you the news when things happen. We do a podcast, um, but there's nothing to talk about. Something to talk about. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the scoop.
1: Thanks for listening to another podcast from insidecarolina.com. Brought to you by t-shirt.com where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.